It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. Good everyone, welcome back to our FIFA World Cup 2022 daily live streams here on the Trade Mate Sports Betting Podcast. Today we will be previewing tomorrow's group games, which are Argentina versus Saudi Arabia, Denmark versus Tunisia, Mexico versus Poland, and the Great Australia as they take on the French. Please send through any questions, as always, that you have for us throughout the stream, maybe some of the bets that you've got on. Yeah, just any statements at all about, you know, how good how good some of these bets that we're going to give out today are. Um, as you can see, Neil is is not going to be with us today. He is he is pulled out nice and late, which is uh, which is awesome. But look who it is. He's back. George Gamble, mate. How are you? Yeah, doing well, doing well. It's been, uh, been a while since I've been on a Trade Mate podcast. This is where it all began, if you like. But, um, yeah, no, I'm happy to be yeah, back. Man. Obviously, the World Cup's here. Still not quite sure how I feel about it, to be honest. But, um, no, looking forward to delve into some data, talk about the games, and, uh, yeah, and then I'll have a nice catch-up as well. Oh, no, mate, it, it's great to see you. It's been, uh, it's been much too long. But, yeah, some great circumstances to, uh, to have you back on. So, hey, have you been enjoying the World Cup so mm-hmm. far? I mean, it's handy for me in that because I, you know, I do lots of writing, lots of different previews, lots of different articles. So I'm working at home in front of the screen the whole time. And, and usually there's there's no entertainment to go on during the day. I'm kind of doing my work and then I might be able to watch that in the evening. But because there's games all throughout the day, you know, today being the first one, if you like. Yeah, it's been good. It's been all right. I've had a little distraction. Um, obviously saw boys earlier, three Lions absolutely romp it against Iran. So that I, was, uh, I, I was surprised, I have to say. I felt... It, that would potentially be one of the toughest games because England can just start slowly um, and put a ram with ball. But again, I'm not sure I'm, do you want to go into it, but what's VAR doing? I mean, that Harry Maguire is absolutely rugby tackled down in the box. Not even a review. A slight sh- like literally a slight pull of the shirt against Iran when they, I think they were 6-1 down at the point. It's like, yeah, penalty. penalty. Like, How does that even work? But I don't know that's given it nil-nil. But anyway, good win for the boys. And uh, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, no, I I, um, I haven't caught any of the games yet, given my time zone issues. But uh, yeah, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw the the Iran score. I was like, my God, everyone I'd talked to had predicted a very low scoring game. I said, mm. I bet under 2.25 goals. So I was like, oh, well, that's, uh, that's certainly... <laughs> the funny thing was, this is a good story, actually, is I was half asleep and I checked the score and I turned my phone over and I saw... I ran and scored two goals and I was like, oh my God, this is perfect because I've got Iran to qualify too. And I saw it, I didn't see the six look like a zero to me. So I was like, two nils. <laughs> I was like, I've, my under two, 2.25 is cashed. I'm a qualifying bet. Like that's nearly a sure thing now. I'm like, this is incredible. And I had a the second look on at the best score table, were they? No, oh man. And then I saw that it was a six. I was like, oh God, okay. <laughs> Anyway, but uh, yeah, some interesting results today. Uh, the the Wales coming back at the end there to to score and, and draw things up. So I think we had yesterday. Me and Neil were pretty keen on draw no bet for um for Wales, but that uh, obviously voids. But uh, yeah, some interesting results. Senegal and Netherlands. What did you, what was your takeaway from that game? Because yeah, for I didn't get to see that one. Was it was it close? 
yeah, it was a very competitive game, and I felt Netherlands were quite poor um, for you know for large portions of that game. And um, you know, Senegal, even it was interesting to sort of see how they would get on without Mane, but I think they can take a lot away from that match. But you know, obviously with the you get three chances, you, know, you get three games, and you to obviously get to those rounds where a loss can can be disastrous. But for them, I, I think they seem to keep doing what they're doing. They created chances against probably one of the better sides in the group. So just keep doing yeah. what they're doing. Um, and obviously, I know they took Mane with, with them. Whether or not he's able to play at any point, we'll see. But mm. no, I think there's a lot of positives to take from, from Senegal. And, but with the Netherlands, I think, you know, obviously, Louis van Gaal, if, if anything, he's the star of that Netherlands team as a whole, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, but he's, in terms of his, there's a lot of managers of that kind of era. They have their systems and they're set in their ways, and you will complement that system rather than the other way around. But I'll go into it a little bit more later on with, with one of my picks. But um, but yeah, end of the day, Van Gaal also got his you know, job done and doors got a win under their belt. Two late goals, they'll take it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how those bigger teams like the Netherlands and it's surprising to see how quick England got off the mark too, how quickly they can, you know, get into the flow of the tournament given the limited preparation. But, mate, let's um, let's get straight into it. Argentina versus Saudi Arabia is the first game that kicks us off. Tomorrow you can see the odds at the bottom of the screen there. Argentina, one point. This is pinnacle odds, 1.17. The draw, 7.95. Saudi Arabia, 21.7. Two Asian handicaps at around two, and the over under at three, or it's a little bit lower, some uh, around that two point seven five to three mark, mate. Um, yeah, Argentina come into this one, arguably the most fa- fancy team of the tournament. Uh, they haven't lost in thirty six matches, and if they avoid loss here, they tie Italy's record for the longest unbeaten run ever. So. Yeah, on the other hand, you got Saudi Arabia. Sound like a pretty solid defensive unit. Um, but, mate, do you give them any any kind of chance to hold out this flying Argentinian outfit? Well, you know, on paper, it looks like Argentina is probably one of their easiest matches in the group. Um, and a lot of the media have been surrounding it. Obviously, Lionel, <clears throat> Lionel Messi's last sort of chance to gain that international group with the World Cup, obviously, won the Copa America, but this is his last chance at uh, securing this trophy. Um, coming into it, in terms of injuries, it's fairly even for both sides. I mean, Christian Romero is an injury concern, uh, but he should be fully fit in time to start this game. Um, this is a return to training now. Tiago Almada and Gael Correa were, were called up to the squad late uh, in order to replace uh, Joaquin Correa and Nicolas Gonzalez. But Saudi Arabia, they've got a Full 26-man squad to choose from. No injury concerns there whatsoever. Um, but yeah, Argentina, you, you mentioned it before in terms of that unbeaten record. They have looked phenomenal. They've looked really good. Uh, qualified for the World Cup unbeaten after finishing uh, runners-up in the Bowl table behind Brazil. Uh, this will be their 18th World Cup and obviously won it twice in 78 and 86. They'll be gunning for this one. Um, but only made it to the round of 16 last time out uh, in 2018 and lost to the eventual winners, France. Whereas you look at Saudi Arabia, they finished top of their qualifying group, um, seal their spot at this, this tournament. And it'll be their sixth World Cup appearance. Uh, the last one came in 2018. But it's just, I can't look past Argentina here. I really can't. It's, it's just insane how, how well they've been playing. They're very tough to beat. And I wouldn't say their games are always very high scoring, despite the quality that they've got. They remind me a little bit in France of France in terms of, the, just the sheer quality they have at their disposal, but they should, you know, on paper they should be blowing teams away, but they often make hard work of it. 
and sort of, you know, that one, two nil wins, that kind of thing. But they'll take that here if it means they get off to a winning start. Um, but Saudi Arabia, they're unbeaten in 20 of their last 23 matches uh, across all competitions. And so I found it really difficult to get Argentina on side here with, yeah. with any value. It's, you know, you, you see that price there with Pinnacle, 1.17. It's, it's so, so short. And we've already seen with this tournament, we both thought England, Iran, I mean, all the people I spoke to thought it. You said all the people you spoke to thought it. I thought it would be England. It was a very tough match for them. I thought they'd have to grind Iran down. I saw slips even going around of England 1-0, Harry Kane scoring like a penalty, just that kind of game. Yeah. Um, and that was the way I saw it unfolding. And but then Harry Kane didn't even score. What on earth I know, is going on? I know, I know. And I'm really fast. <laughs> thing is, I was earmarking this one because I've um, you know, done previous elsewhere where I thought Harry Kane was in with a shout of retaining his golden boot in a World Cup. And to see us win 6-2 and Harry Kane didn't even get on the score sheet is... I, I kind of expect after the first couple of, well, I said the first 20, 30 minutes of actual playing time, obviously after there was a lengthy stoppage due to an injury, Kane was dropping so deep, but it was allowing the likes of, of Saka and other players to come forward and exploit those gaps in behind. But with Harry Kane playing so deep, it's, when he plays like that, he, doesn't, he tends to turn provider rather than finisher. So yeah, a little bit disappointed with that, but, but there we are. Moving back on to, to Argentina though. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't find any value with them to get them on side. So yeah. I quite like the look of um, a goal scorer here. Yeah, I really do. And obviously, Messi, everyone is the one they expect. He is the one that they expect to kind of drag Argentina over the line if they're going to get there. He's the man that they expect to score the goals, get the assist. Everyone just seems to think he's going to do absolutely everything and that there's not 10 other players <laughs> on the pitch. Um, and I really like the look of Lutaro Martinez to score any time here. Um, it's priced up at 2.38. That's on Skybet. Um you know, he's registered 11 shots on target across his last 12 matches. In 40 appearances for Argentina, he scored 21 goals, um, has 11 goal involvements, seven goals uh, in 15 Serie A appearances this term as well. And like, like I said, for me, just on paper, this looks like one of their easiest games in the group. Um, and I think they should, they'll look to secure that comfortable win. Um, and the fact that Lionel Messi, he's odds on to get on the score sheet. You can understand why it's Lionel Messi. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, he's also provided in mentioned it before in these in this kind of tournament, Messi's going to want to go all out for this. This is his last opportunity. And he's not a selfish player anyway. So I think if he gets himself into brilliant positions, he does not have a problem, you'll say, squaring it across the box for someone else to finish, as long as Argentina as the team get the job done. Um, and for me, I think Martinez is a great price just to get on the score sheet at any time at 2.38. Yeah, no, and it's it's quite an outlier there too at Skybet. Uh, it looks like you may, I don't know what the liquidity is like, but... There's 2.39 on the exchanges too. Obviously, you have to factor in the um, the vig on top of that. But yeah, yep. that's a uh, the commission. Yeah, so uh, hopefully there's some liquidity there too, and that looks probably like decent value there. Even if you know take it down to 2.3 or something like that, mate. But yeah, yeah it, it seems like uh, Messi the the like you know Messi being this short feels very narrative based. Like it feels like yep. you know last World Cup probably is. Probably, maybe his best chance of ever winning one. It's yeah. it, it's like uh, people. I think. I mean, you know, if you're a mug better, who are you going to bet to to score a goal for Argentina tomorrow? Like the fun one is Messi. Yeah. So of course it's there's uh, I assume there's going to be quite a bit of money on him there. So yeah, nice one. That's a good start. I the only thing I I thought if I was forced to have a bet in that one, maybe Argentina and under three and a half, just because Saudi Arabia could potentially keep them out for a long time but 
if Argentina score in the first, you know, 10, 20 minutes, like you just, you feel like it could really get out of hand. <laughs> that's all, that's it. And you, with obviously, the, you know, the narrative being that Argentina are going all out for this, they're one of the favourites to win it. You know, realistically, they could come out flying to try and put a yeah. statement in and, and get an early win, get it done early doors. So, but on the other hand, they may grind it out. I just, I, I can't really tell. And that's why I didn't have any confidence in, because originally I was thinking Argentina and under three and a half, but I have to admit that was my mm. line of thinking as well. But I just kind of thought, you know what? I, I, I don't want to be getting involved right now with that. Um, whereas a goal scorer, uh, over even for Taro Martinez, playing up top for a side who realistically sh- should be going deep into this tournament. And this is one of their easier games. 2.38 was a great price. Yeah. No, agreed, mate. Let's lock that one in for tomorrow to start things off. Next game, Denmark-Tunisia. I think this is this is Group D here. So Denmark, 1.59. The draws at 3.86. Tunisia, 7.09. Asian handicaps at 1 and the over-unders at 2.25. I think overnight there's been a little bit of money come in for Tunisia. But Denmark, mate, arguably one of the most impressive teams in the European qualifiers. Uh, coming off two huge victories over France in the Nations League. People saying their uh, their front line is a big question mark, but it's you know it's not like they're lacking goals. They're still scoring plenty of goals and getting past the likes of France. Um, similar to the game we just talked about, you'd expect Tunisia to park the bus here. Um, I guess the big question is, you know, Denmark not having as much talent as Argentina do. Do we, do we think they can uh, break them down, mate? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's slightly different, though, because whilst Denmark do have individual talent in terms of just as a team, they just seem to, in all areas of the park, they complement each other well. Um, and we saw that, uh, obviously, at the Euros. And there's, a, there's just a bit of a buzz uh, around the Danes for me this year. Um, and I think they're going to be just too strong for Tunisia, simple as that. And Tunisia do often struggle on the global stage, in my opinion. Uh, but looking at Denmark, their recent form, obviously, saw them progress all the way to the semi-final uh, of Euro 2020. Uh, whilst also finishing top of their World Cup qualifying group, nine wins from 10 matches. Casper um, you know, Hulman's side, they had no friendly in the build-up um, to this game. So their last international outing was that 2-0 victory um, over France uh, in the UEFA Nations League fixture. That was back in September. So we don't really know what we're going to get from them this time around. You know, we've had sneak previews of other sides playing those one-off friendlies before this tournament kicked off. Um, Tunisia, though, they're making their sixth appearance um, at this World Cup. But they've never progressed beyond the group stage. And in fact, it, their record is so bad. Um, <laughs> they've came just two wins from 15 matches at the World Cup. It's it's pretty poor. Um, they warmed up for this picture over that 2-0 victory over a run. Uh, that was in a friendly. But they did lose 5-1 to Brazil in their previous fixture in September. It, for me, it just kind of suggests that they might still not be a match for you know the elite size and Qatar size that show a little bit of impetus and have that little bit of quality. Um, and for me, you, I mean, you highlighted it there, but I, I think one of the major problems for them is just they have a they have a lack of cutting edge in attack um, going forward. And big names, do they? Yeah, no, and you know, they're still led by the Montpellier forward, Wabi Kazri. But he's going, he comes and arrives here without a goal in his last 11 matches for, for club and country across all competitions. So he's not exactly firing all cylinders. And I just think they're going to struggle to, to create chances here. So I agree with you entirely. I do think they'll sit back. Um, and I just think this is there for Denmark to win. And if Denmark come out early and get on the, on the score sheet early, it, you know, we could see another fairly high scoring game. And 
for me, I, you mentioned it there as well. I, I like Denmark on the minus one Asian handicap. That's at 2.07, I found. So, you know, yep. for the Asian handicap, as long as they win the game, you know, we'll, we'll get our stake back. But I think they can score at least twice here without reply. I just don't trust Tunisia going forward. You know, it's all well and good looking okay in the qualifying rounds, but this is where it counts. This is where it matters. And we've seen time and time again with Tunisia. They, they just don't seem to have what it takes. And yeah, they need some goal scorers. They don't have them. I don't think they'll get many opportunities. And the opportunities they do create, they're going to struggle to take. They're not efficient enough. So, yeah, it was quite a straightforward one for me. Denmark on a minus one Asian handicap at 2.07. Yeah, you can uh, pinnacle now you can get 2.13. Uh, maybe elsewhere you can get even better. So that boosts things up a bit. I was thinking potentially Denmark and under three and a half. But then, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those ones, again, where you, you don't really know what's going to happen if, you know, Denmark score early. Or not, but you know Tunisia. It's weird though. You look at like today's game, England and Iran. It took it took England a while to score a goal, and they ended up getting six past them. So, yeah, I was thinking Denmark and under three and a half at two point uh, two point zero looked decent to me at a few places. Um, yeah, and unless Denmark can crack them open, I don't really. I struggle to see them putting more than three past uh, Tunisia but then again you know Tunisia could nick one too so yeah mate, maybe you're uh, maybe a minus one Asian handicap is the is the way to go you might have you might have turned me around mate <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see we're hoping the reason is there but I just think for me you know all I need is Denmark to win the game just to get my state back but I'm not sure I see Tunisia scoring and I was looking at Denmark wins nil, but I think the price on them to cover a minus one Asian handicap is that's got to be the play for me. It's the standout pick. Yeah, do you, do you even think the the one X two it, it seems quite high? I mean, we're nearing one point six here. Like, you know, this Denmark team, I guess my only query over at Denmark is you just you just get a little bit worried that actually people know that they're good now. Like like it feels like this is the first like you know Euros for example. No one was giving them any plaudits at all before. It was only really like the sharpish kind of guys that were saying you know Denmark at whatever ridiculous price you could get them at before the Euros, they're a, they're a good bet. <clears throat> um, and they and they and they went on that amazing run without Ericsson. Do you think potentially? A little bit of pressure could get to the Danes here because, you know, they're they're in a they're in a reasonably well not in a tough group, but they do have to come up against France again, um, and yeah, these likes of Tunisia and Australia are really going to sit back and make it really hard for them to score. Do you think that potentially the pressure could get to them at all, or do you think it's pretty pretty simple that they'll get through? I think there's pressure, but I think they'll thrive on it. I really do. You know, obviously they've already had the beat in France and. And I think they'll look at that and think, job, we more than held our own. We showed that we're good enough. Let's go out and do it again. Uh, and I think they'll be excited for it. You know? And also, factoring in the fact that, A, I think Denmark will just be too good. I think Tunisia are equally poor, if I'm honest. And I just mm. think they're so blunt and so toothless going forwards. I can't look past anything but a Denmark win. So, kind of, if anything, the minus one Asian handicap for me is playing it a little bit safe because I fully expect them to win the game. Mm. Uh, for me, it's just if they can do it by a two-goal margin. So, yeah, I, I can't. I just I think Denmark will be absolutely fine, and I think they'll breeze through this test. And they don't give you the sense that you know, if let's just say Denmark are feeling the pressure, it's not like Tunisia going to go out there and really give it to them. They're probably just going to sit back and let Denmark see if they can crack them open. And and in that case, it's like 
if you, if you're a player out there and you're just like you know over and over just trying to find a way through this defense, it's not like you know it, it, it's not like the the team's really giving it to you and like they're pressuring you and you're gonna you know put a stray pass away or something like that. So yeah, it probably in terms of opening up a World Cup, it probably does uh, suit them this game. So uh, mate, good stuff. We'll lock that in. Minus one Asian handicap for Denmark. Uh, 2.13 I'm seeing on Pinnacle right now. So uh, might want to go rush and book that one in, everyone. We will move on to the second game here in Group C, Mexico versus Poland. Incredibly important game here in Group C. It could decide who advances to the finals, especially if Argentina put a bunch past Saudi Arabia. Um I can kick this one off. I'm quite I'm quite surprised by the the totals goal line here. Like Poland's Poland's strength is their front line. You would say they're not. They're, it's not like they're def- they have huge defensive capabilities, and and Mexico have come up against anytime they've come up against decent competition. As of late, they've conceded goals. So I assume the market is thinking it could be a tight and intense game given the magnitude of it, but um. These teams don't really strike me as two sides that are going to sit back, be very conservative. That I, I get the sense that they're two teams that are going to, you know, they're going to have a crack. They're really going to take it to each other. I couldn't imagine a Mexican side, you know, sitting back and being, you know, very, you know, defensively, defensively minded. So I thought the goal line here, two point zero. I thought it would be closer to two and a half, something like that. Have you got any uh, any thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with you on that one. Yeah, good. I, I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think it will be a, a tentative match. Um, I really do. I mean, just kind of going through the notes here, you know, it's mentioned obviously this group C clash, but it's just hugely important for both of them. Um, obviously, with Argentina expected to win the group, um, it is a, it's a huge game and a loss could be absolutely disastrous for their hopes of, of getting through to the next round. And when you get games like that, you don't want to be going gung-ho and you know, potentially continue. You just don't want to. If anything, you try and keep things tight. You suss each other out and then hope, you know, it might even get to the point. Do you take it through or probably not? But I think in the latter stages, we'll see goals personally, especially when you consider Poland have failed to score during the first half in nine of their last 12 games. You know, they tend to keep things quite tight early doors. It's just the way the way that they are, um, but obviously Mexico they are they are quite consistent, aren't they? Um, but my issue with Mexico is it's, it's just a constant thing with them. It really is. Is that Mexico will qualify for the finals for the actual World Cup, cruise through the group by playing some brilliant flair football that's just absolutely so easy on the eye and beautiful to watch, and then in the next round they'll fall apart. Yeah, but it's I, I don't understand it with them. I really don't. And when I was trying to look for a pick here, you know, I was looking at potentially Robert Lewandowski. Obviously, he's thirty-four now, but showing absolutely zero signs of slowing down. Um, obviously, just started at Barcelona. Uh, he's got seventy-six goals in one hundred and thirty-four appearances for Poland. I mean, he's seven to four when I look to score any time. But I just think the game state itself. I'm not sure I'd want to be involved here. It's a match of yeah. high stakes. You know, like I said, a loss could prove completely disastrous and I just think it will be tight and uh, I mentioned that Poland haven't scored during the first half and nine of the last 12 and a half-time draw did look tempting at evens for a lean but for me I just think I'm going to sit back 
I'll watch this one and nothing stands out to make me back it with confidence. I have a few things, yeah, potentially, but there's nothing I was like, you know what? I think that's a great value pick. I can see that happening. There was nothing that really jumped out in front of me. So at this early stage and with the other three picks or the other picks that we've got for the other three games, I'm more than happy to avoid this one. Could it, could it potentially be a live betting game? I mean, if you come out and see that they're really going at it and having a crack and both trying to score goals, then, you know, maybe have a crack at the overs and, and potentially the opposite if um, if it's a very stale, you know, defensive affair to start off with. Yeah, potentially. Obviously, I think the longer you leave it and the more tight it gets, you know, the unders, it's almost pointless backing because the price will just go completely. Um, so maybe there, possibly even on corners as well, depending on the game state, if you've got one team that are chasing it uh, late on. Because I often find the later in the game, sort of say the last 15 minutes, you get some really good prices on corners. But it all depends on the game state. It really does. Um, so if I was to have a play here, it probably would be in play. Uh, but otherwise, I think personally, I'd leave it well alone. And the and the odds on the teams, you don't see much of a difference between the two sides. Lots of people I've been talking to really don't rate Mexico going into this tournament. I know that they, like you said, they've qualified. Um, oh, I don't know what streak they're on, but they they have been qualifying out of the group just about every World Cup recently. But this seems like a bit of an aging Mexico side, and and maybe Poland have a slight edge there. Maybe so, but I mean, I I think the price is in terms of who's favourite. I I think it's about right. If I'm honest, I I would have Mexico favourites against Poland here. I when I was talking about it to a lot of people, and I think South American teams need to be taken very seriously, purely based on the fact of where this is being held and the weather conditions. They're more acclimatised to those kind those kind of conditions. They're used to playing in those kind of conditions. Because you know, I, I don't see Poland being used to that at all. Um, but Saying that, in terms of quality, I, I can't separate them too much. And I wouldn't want to be backing either of these sides to go out and win the game. Based purely on the facts with these two sides, I'd say they're evenly matched personnel-wise. But the game state itself and what's on the line if one of them loses, it, it, there's just too many variables for me. There's too many variables to be confident in anything. So I think, this, if anything, the best bet here is no bet. That's just my personal <laughs> opinion. But. Oh, mate, draw no bet. There you go. Then you can uh, <laughs> you can have a bet and not have a bet at the same time, potentially. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Good stuff, mate. We'll, uh, we'll leave that one then. Scrap my over two bet. We'll uh, ignore that. You've talked me out of it. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the greatest game of all. Australia versus France here. France at 1.3. The draw, 6.1. Australia, uh, huge value there at 11.94. Asian handicap 1.5 and the uh, over-unders at 2.75. Uh, France, pretty hard to get a read on them at the moment, I think, given their injuries. Benzema, Kante, Pogba, Kempembe, Nkunku. I think Varane is still a doubt. Um, but on the other hand, mate, I don't know if they'll utilise it, but, geez, they've got some of the most exciting young talent in the competition, uh, especially in midfield, Camavinga, Tushimeni. The great William Saliba at the back, another one. You're not even sure if they'll use him, which just seems criminal to me. But, um, you know, these young stars could seriously light up the World Cup and France could go from, you know, you could you could say they could be favourites now, but given their recent form, maybe not. But they could really, you know, turn into favourites overnight if some of these young stars, stars really light it up. 
Uh, Australia, on the other hand, all I've got written down here is they are horrid. They really are horrid. <laughs> and that's coming, that's coming from an Australian uh, having watched our golden generation, whatever you want to call it, all the way from, you know, 06 through to 2010, we had a cracking side. Even 2014, a couple of belters from Tim Cahill. But yeah, 2018 was pretty bad, and it just seems to be uh, <clears throat> seems to be getting worse, mate. I I was watching the the qualifying game against Peru to get into the World Cup. They, um, yeah, geez, that was just a. I guess I'm used to watching the beautiful Arsenal, you know, pass the football around, and to go from that to watching Australia versus Peru, that was just a, a dreadful encounter. Peru, you know, probably should have gone through if they put away a few of their chances, but. Um, yeah, look, mate, I'm Australian through and through, and hopefully they can get the win tomorrow. But Jesus, they are they are looking pretty bad right now to me. Yeah, I mean, oh, they're not looking great, are they? Is, is all <laughs> I'll, say. I'll be nice, but um, no, I look at France first, and yeah, Paul Pogba and Golo Kante, they're the beating heart of that midfield for me. Um, obviously, they don't play any part due to injury. You mentioned Karen Benzema; he's also out now after picking up a thigh problem in training. Um, and if losing such key players wasn't bad enough, you mentioned their form has just been horrific. Uh, obviously, crashed out of Euro 2020 uh, to Switzerland in the last 16 and then finished below Croatia and, and Denmark in their latest Nations League group. But again, you mentioned it before, they've, they've just got an embarrassment of attacking talent at their disposal. Um, and obviously, Kylian Mbappe is likely to lead the line. Um, realistically, they should have far too much attacking power for your socceroos. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I... I for me, I'm, t- I'm not sh- so sure about France. I- I- they should be being Australia. Obviously, your guys could you know, finish third in that qualifying group uh, behind Saudi Arabia and Japan. And obviously mentioned about beating Peru on penalties in the, in the playoffs. But And my- I think my biggest issue with Australia is few of their players, few of their squads play at the highest level in Europe. Um, you know, 17, oh, yeah. of them, 17 of them play their trade in A-League, Scotland's top flight, or the lower leagues in England. Um, but it should be an interesting game for me. I'm interested to see how a few things develop. Um, you know, with, with Benzema joining Christopher and Kunku on the sidelines, you know, obviously a heavy burden um, is going to fall on Mbappe's shoulders at this World Cup. It really is. And the PSG man is, is odds on everywhere for any time goal scorer. But it's an outsider for if, uh, my half pointer, if you will, because um, he's obviously the man likely to score the goals. Him to score, Mbappe to score two or more goals is priced at 5.5. And obviously, I think he's going to be the man presented with the chances. And I was very surprised to see that at 5.5, if I'm being truly honest. Um, but for me, one of their biggest misses, the biggest miss for France, it has to be Christopher Nkunku. He's he's just ridiculous. He's such a good footballer. He's a top scorer in the Bundesliga with 12 goals. You know, for Leipzig, wherever he plays, even if he's playing in that attacking midfield role, just behind the striker, if he's playing up top on his own, he is always a goal threat. He just seems to... You can't teach it. He has that knack of being in the right place at the right time. But combined to that with you know powerful runs, powerful drives, he's phenomenal. And when I saw that he was out this World Cup, I was absolutely gutted because I was looking forward to seeing him yeah. you know, on this step on this stage. And I think it only adds to their woes because I think France tend to struggle anyway. They take a while to warm up in, in these kind of tournaments. And many French fans, they're always calling for you know more attacking and, and beautiful football. But this is what I was saying earlier in terms of how I feel like with Louis van Gaal's in a similar similar nature. 
Didier Deschamps is a man who sticks to his principles and, and wants players that complement his system rather than a system to suit the players. And I think it nullifies a lot of their attacking intent. I really do. And obviously it's worked for them. You know, obviously he's won the World Cup. Um, but it's not, with the players they have at their disposal, they don't play that beautiful brand of football. They don't. It's efficient. It works. But it's not always pretty. Um, obviously, I think they'll hope to improve on their previous World Cup defence uh, after producing the worst title defence in World Cup history as they failed to score a single goal during the 2002 edition. So, Hopefully they'll do a little bit better than that this time around. Um, but for me, I think it could be a close match. I really do. And especially, you know, Australia haven't conceded three goals against any opposition in the last 39 matches dated back to March 2018. They'll keep things tight. Obviously, I bet you're, I bet you're sat there wishing Tim Cahill and Mark Paducah were back up top, knocking the goals in. But I think it'll, I think it'll be a case of Australia parking the bus, is, you know, the phrase that we all like to use. Um, and I think the players will look to put the put the boot in and try and frustrate this French outfit. So that makes corners a very likely possibility for me. And I think France could easily cover a minus three corner handicap. Let's go search for a win. I just think you're basically going to set up camp on the edge of your own box. And Kylian Mbappe and Co are going to have to try and work their way through, try and exploit any gaps, take a lot of pop shots, work the wings. And all of that is going to lead to plenty of corners for me because I only see it being one-way traffic, apart from the occasional attempt at a counter-attack. Um, so yeah, my two picks for this one really. My main pick would be France minus three Asian handicap on the corners market. That was at one point nine five, um, and then a smaller pick and a half pointer if you will. Mbappe to score two or more goals at five point five. Yeah, I, I like that Mbappe one. Like surely, you know, Mbappe scoring two goals in a game like this, like you know, <clears throat> maybe it happens twenty five percent of the time. Like you know, where if at five point five. It'd be value if it happened twenty percent of the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, something around that region. I don't see, you know, why that couldn't be a little slice of value. How do you, how do you see how do you see France going without Benzema? Do you, I have heard people say that potentially it could help them a little bit, given yeah. having and you know their style and they won a World Cup with Giroud and he, that was he didn't score any goals last World Cup, did he? Or did he score one? I can't recall now. I think he might have got one. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I take your point. And yeah, I agree. I think particularly in this French squad, Karen Benzema brings a lot of drama. And I think that's it's a distraction that they don't need. So I think it could be a blessing in disguise for me. And in terms of stylistically, how they want to play, I think they potentially accommodate. I think Deschamps would certainly shift things and change things around to accommodate his strengths and play to his strengths. I know I've said that Deschamps is a man who won't, he will have his system and you've got to be incorporated into that. You've got to be able to play in that system rather than go around. But when you've got a player of Karen Benzema's ability, you shift things slightly, particularly in a forward way. Um, you know, he's a, he's a brilliant footballer. However, with him missing, I do think it is a blessing in disguise. And I think it allows Kylian Mbappe to have a little bit more license uh, in terms of where he wants to play, how he likes to play. Now, he is the main man, and that's clearly a, a position he loves to be in. So I, I think it could be a, a good thing, not for Karen Benzema, but I think for French football and, and the France squad, I think it could be a, a really good situation, even though it's been kind of disguised as something quite bad, because no one wants to see anyone get injured. But for mm -hmm. them, I think it boosts their chances. But I just worry with France, they always take a while to warm up. You always expect them to absolutely romp every single game. Because you look at the two teams on paper, think how is that squad not going to absolutely batter them and, and yeah. it just never seems to work out that way they always seem to to make a meal of things and do things the hard way 
and that'll be frustrating for, for Deschamps. But yeah, I'm, I'm expecting to grind Australia down eventually, find a way through. Might even come from a penalty. You never know if you're camped on the edge of your box and you know someone finds that run through. It might take that to break the deadlock. But I, I still think it could be quite a tight game. I'm, I'm not expecting Australia to get absolutely pummeled. And, and if they do, then obviously I'll eat my words. But I, I don't see this being like a, a 4 5 nil. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, Australia, I think they have two players in Europe. Um, I think one of them's Heuristic. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, Heuristic. Um, and he plays for Verona, and I'm pretty sure he hasn't been starting mm. for them either. Like, no. this is um, this is really a really poor Australian team can, compared yeah. to... I mean, I'm not saying they've, <laughs> they've only made it to the finals once since 2006. I mean, they made it to the finals in 2006 and not since then. Um, 2006 side was pretty good. There were some good players in there, and yeah. since then they've just slowly gotten worse and worse. Um, and now to this point, point where probably Matt Ryan might be our best player, the goalkeeper, and he's... Um, is is Aaron, you know, Aaron Moy in the squad? Yeah, but does he... Yeah. He plays for Celtic now, doesn't he? And I don't even know yeah, if he starts so. there. No, he'll, I, I mean, he'll start. Aaron Moy will start. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's just... And I'm, I'm, I've heard that Matt Ryan isn't starting for... I think he plays for a Turkish side now. Maybe yeah. I could be completely wrong. Maybe Fenerbahce it, or something like that. And he's it not is starting a, it is for a it yeah. is a poor squad, but, you know, it's, it's 11 v 11. And I just don't, this France side, I don't see them regardless of the fact that Australia don't have any players of real quality in that side at the moment. Just stylistically, the way these two are going to line up and the way the game's going to pan out for me, I just don't see it being an absolute cricket school. And I think you'll just, frust- I think Australia will frustrate France. So I didn't want to go on a result. I didn't want to go on unders goals. I like the look of corners for France. Um, I think they're going to wrap them up. You're going to frustrate them, yeah. but it. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be the whole game is likely to be played in Australia's half, but you're going to have you know multiple lines of defence. They're going to have to go down the flanks. They're going to have to take pop shots. They're going to have to try and find that little bit of space. They're going to as many last ditch challenges. It keeps them safe. So yeah, there's going to be corners to me. So for them to cover a minus three Asian handicap on the corners uh, count at one point nine five, I thought that was a brilliant bet, but. Yeah, the Mbappe scored two or more goals at 5.5. He's the most realistic goal scorer. You look at all the injuries they've got. Mbappe's leaving the line. He's the one they're going to be looking to to get the goals. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he'll most likely be on pens. Um, so, yeah, it was it. A couple of nice picks uh, on this one for me. So, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, should be interesting, mate. Hopefully, Australia. Oh, mate, if they beat France, I'll be coming on to tomorrow's <laughs> stream. I'll, I won't even be here, mate. I'll be I'll be already at the pub at 7 a.m. having my first beer. Um, Neil, you're presenting. <laughs> uh, mate, let's lock in best bets for tomorrow. You've gone through quite a few there. A few corners bets. Got um, Denmark minus one. A few goal scorers bets, mate. Is there is there a particular one taking your fancy? I think it's between the Denmark minus one on the Asian handicap or France minus three on the corners Asian handicap. But I'll go with the France minus three. I think just the way this one will pan out, I like the look of uh, French corners. So, yeah, we'll go with France minus three uh, at 1.95 on the Asian handicap corners is uh, my favourite pick. Good stuff, mate. And I'll take the Denmark minus one then for you, mate. So we've got two of your best bets lined up for tomorrow. But, yes, we'll be back tomorrow. At 9 p.m. UK time, 10 p.m. Central European time. 
I believe from memory, I think we've got Neil and Paul on tomorrow. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that is right. So we'll be back tomorrow, same time, to preview the next round of group games. You can find George on Twitter at C George Gamble. Do you have a, Do you have another Twitter too, mate? I, I've missed there. No, it's just that one. I've just got the one. Just the one, mate. You've you've uh, you've simplified one. things. And anything else that. exciting you got going on? You want to tell the people about? Um. <sighs> Do you know what? There's so much going on, I can't remember if I'm being truly <laughs> honest. Like, the World Cup is both amazing and very stressful, but we love it anyway. Um, but no, so yeah, just go and follow the Twitter. Very much appreciate it. And listen to all my boring rants about football and just talk absolute nonsense. But it's all entertaining. <laughs> it's all good stuff, so go and check it out. Good stuff, mate. All right, we'll go follow George on Twitter, at Gamble. I'm on Twitter, at AlexVille underscore... But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. <clears throat> Please make sure, if this is your first time on the podcast, do a quick rate and review of the podcast and subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you listen. And if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today on the podcast, uh, more so the value betting ones, Please start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports and start your value betting journey. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And, mate, great to have you back on the podcast, George. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you, I believe, Wednesday and Thursday night. Is that right? I'll have to double check. I think it might be one of those. Might be Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday. But yeah, no, it's been absolutely... uh, Pleasure is all mine. Happy to be back. Happy to be talking football with you. Shame Neil couldn't make it. I'm sure if he's watching or listening. Is it really a shame? Is it really a shame? Uh, I'll be nice. I like Neil. So yeah, (laughs) uh, it's fine. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to coming on next time and, and chatting with you boys once again. Cracker, mate. All right. See you later in the week, guys.